You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone, welcome to Building the Buckeyes, the new recruiting podcast here on Buckeyes Now. I'm your host, Andrew Lind, and in this week's podcast, I'm going to primarily focus on the weekend that was for Ohio State. Even though the Buckeyes lost to Oregon, it was still a successful weekend for the program, which welcomed recruits to campus for a game day for the first time in 657 days. Head coach Ryan Day was obviously focused on the game itself, but acknowledged how eager recruits were to be in that atmosphere during his weekly press conference last Tuesday. Yeah, I think that uh, recruits have been talking about coming to this game that they saw on the schedule and a big number here. It's great to have families be able to see um, the crowd and, you know, the experience here of game day, which, um, you know, we're hoping is, is one of the best it's been, you know, uh, in a long, long time around here. You know, it's been, I guess, over 600 days since we've had a full stadium here, um, you know, in the horseshoe. And uh, what a big game, you know, Pac-12 team coming in here. So yeah, I think you know the recruits and their families are going to be excited to be here, and the experience. Every time you visit campus, it's a different experience. This is a, obviously a, a unique one, first time back, and um, you know really hoping that the crowd is excellent. Day also discussed the unique dynamics of hosting visitors on a game day when it's certainly most important to focus on the task at hand. Well, there's a balance. I, I think that um, you know when you the more people you bring on campus, the less. Um, you know, attention you can spend with each person. And, but there's also a part of being, being here on game day and seeing this type of environment. Uh, and I wish we could, you know, invite everybody in the country and, and take everybody on, but there's this limitation on all of that. And, you know, we want to make sure we're doing a good job with the people who are on campus. Despite the outcome, the atmosphere inside Ohio Stadium was top-notch. In fact, the decibel level in the fourth quarter as the Buckeyes attempted to mount a comeback reminded me a lot of the final minutes of the come-from-behind victory over Penn State in 2017. You know, the one where the Buckeyes trailed by 11 points in the final five minutes, but won the game when JT Barrett found Marcus Ball from 16 yards out. All the way up until C.J. Stroud threw the interception with a little over two minutes remaining, the loss to Oregon felt very similar to that. Recruits had to have come away impressed with the Buckeyes' resilience in that game, as well as the crowd, which let's face it, isn't always into the game like some other schools. Perhaps having the ability to watch the Buckeyes in person after it being taken away from a year will change that moving forward, but I digress. The list of visitors for Saturday's game wasn't exceptionally long, but it did include a number of key visitors, including defensive tackles Caden Curry and Kristen Miller, as well as in-state offensive tackle Emil Wagner from the class of 2022. There was also Georgia quarterback Dylan Lonergan, and Ohio stars Sonny Styles, Luke Montgomery, and Josh Padilla from the class of 2023, as well as South Carolina quarterback Jaden Davis, the top-ranked player in the class of 2024. They were all joined by a host of commits, including Captain Buckeye himself, C.J. Hicks, wide receiver Keon Grays, offensive tackle Tegra Shibola, and 2023 tight end Ty Lockwood. All in all, the turnout was pretty good, though it's worth noting that St. John Bosco offensive guard Ernest Green did not make his scheduled official visit. The Braves played on Friday night, and it was a difficult turnaround for him and his teammates to make it to Columbus for a noon game. 
Now Ohio State will look to get him and his teammate, 2023 defensive tackle Mateo Wiangalele, back on campus later this fall. That said, I want to pull a few names out of that group to do a bit of a deeper dive on where Ohio State stands in their respective recruitments. Not much has changed from last week's episode with Curry, so I encourage you to listen to that for a more in-depth look at where Ohio State stands. The Buckeyes made a tremendous leap forward with Miller, though, partially due to how the weekend went in Columbus, but also because of the dumpster fire that is the USC football program. In fact, as I was getting ready to record this episode, the Trojans fired head coach Clay Helton, which is notable considering many believe USC to be the biggest threat to Georgia and Miller's recruitment. A lot of that has to do with his outgoing personality and his desires to be a movie star, which were on full display during his unofficial visit for camp in June. Of course, the Trojans could hit it out of the park with their next hire and be right back in the thick of it, but you have to imagine that whoever takes over that program will want to bring on their own staff, and building that relationship with Miller will be difficult given the limited time before the early signing period. On the other hand, Miller has a tremendous relationship with Ohio State defensive line coach Larry Johnson, and Saturday's result, where the Buckeyes did not record a single sack, could ultimately work in their favor, oddly enough. Johnson could tell Miller that he's a type of interior player that could make a difference between a win and a loss in that situation. And really, the same goes for Curry, too. Now, Georgia obviously remains a perceived favorite in his recruitment, and rightfully so. After all, the Bulldogs are currently ranked number two in the country and have a great defensive front. In the end, his recruitment is likely to come down to whether or not he wants to play close to home. And while I don't, I know that Ohio State fans don't want to hear this, I can see it shaping up like Brenton Cox's recruitment a few years ago, where he really wanted to play for Johnson, but the allure of the home state team was simply too much to overcome. Wagner, meanwhile, finds himself in an interesting position heading into the fall. There was a point in time where it seemed like he was a surefire take for Ohio State, which then seemed to kind of back off that line of thinking during the summer for a number of various reasons. Those reasons include the fact that Wagner is still a little bit of a developmental prospect and the fact that several other higher-rated offensive linemen are still out there uncommitted. Now, in the last few months, that group has kind of narrowed itself to three or four names outside of Wagner, and he's kind of come back into focus as a result. Still, with Shibola and Colorado offensive tackle George Fitzpatrick in the fold, Staff hopes to take at least one, maybe two more offensive linemen in this cycle. Of course, Wagner will continue to be an option alongside the likes of Green, Texas tackle Cam Dewberry, and Wisconsin guard Carson Hinsman. The most important thing for him to do, in my opinion, is to just continue to be visible, attend as many games as possible, and patiently wait as the Buckeyes continue to sort things out in the trenches. Of course, he could very easily commit to Kentucky or Notre Dame at this very moment, and he'd be a take for either school. But it's clear Ohio State is where he wants to be, and I think that he's not only willing to wait for that opportunity, but also fight for it in the process. Now, I want to go out on a limb here and say that the biggest visitor of the weekend was Davis, even though he still has a little bit more than two years to go before he's projected to graduate high school. Given the current state of college football and the precedent that Quinn Ewer set by reclassifying and enrolling early with the Buckeyes, Getting in with Davis early is going to be the key. He reminds me a lot of former Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, all the way from his playing style down to the Atlanta Braves hat that he wore to Saturday's game. And he, much like Ewers, has a personality and overall ability to demand all kinds of endorsement deals fresh out of high school. Obviously, Ohio State is kind of paving the trail in that respect, and if Day is able to navigate the roster full of four elite quarterbacks and Ewers is eventually able to have his time in the spotlight, that will only pay dividends for the Buckeyes with Davis. 
Now, there's no doubt Ohio State recognizes this too, which is why Davis was spotted with athletic director Gene Smith prior to the game. And that's not something that anybody should take lightly, as it's not an opportunity that most recruits get. In fact, such a situation is usually only reserved for the five-star senior who's on his official visit, not a sophomore in high school. So if that doesn't tell you the importance of that first game day visit for Davis with the Buckeyes, I don't know how much clearer to lay it out for you. Now, it's far too early to speculate whether Davis will ultimately follow the same path as Ewers, reclassifying and enrolling at the school of his choice a year early, but it's worth keeping an eye on as Buckeyes truly begin to break down their quarterback recruiting efforts for the class of 2023. Personally, I think he's that good that I'd take him over every junior quarterback on Ohio State's radar right now, and I think that Day and quarterbacks coach Corey Dennis feel the same way too. With all that said, I want to close this week's episode by discussing the early visitor list for Saturday's game against Tulsa. Expect the usual names, including Hicks, as well as safety commit Kai Stokes, whose only other visit to campus was for his official visit in mid-June. Stokes has kind of flown under the radar when it comes to Ohio State's 2022 recruiting class, but I think he's a tremendously important part of a defensive backs group that could feature as many as six players. He's the only safety in the fold at this time, as the staff awaits word from Iowa's Xavier and Wankpa and Las Vegas's Zion Branch. And his ability to play in the nickel also somewhat alleviates the loss of Jaheim Singletary from the class. However, Florida isn't giving up on the in-state prospect, and even had a coach out to his game on Friday night. Now, is that something Ohio State fans should worry about? Not if you ask Stokes, who told Sports Illustrated's director of recruiting, John Garcia, that he's 1,000% locked in with the Buckeyes. So you say you're locked and loaded 1,000% Ohio State. What, what makes it 1,000 and not 99? It, it's no doubt in my heart, you know. I'm just the, the relationship that I continue to build with the coaches, with, uh, with the entire program, with some of the players that I, with the with the entire uh, staff, with some of the players that I've been keeping in contact with, it's just making me more and more locked in, more and more ready to get up there and start learning. You took the official over the summer, right? Yes, sir. What was that like? Blew my mind. First time up there, right? Yeah. 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 So tell me I, about it. I never been. It was great, man. <laughs> Facility was amazing. Coaches, people was amazing. It was just like, it, it felt like home for the next five, six years. Are you going to any games or are you trying to get up there Next again? weekend. Which Tulsa one? game. Tulsa game? Yes, sir. Gotcha. Obviously unofficial visit, right? right? Gotcha. Anything you want to see besides just the game day atmosphere itself? Um, Just how the, how the players handle the game day. You know, you don't get to see that behind the scenes, how they lock in before the game, gotcha. how they handle after the game. So I want to be able to witness that firsthand. Who's your guy on that staff, and what are they telling you about what you can bring to the Buckeyes? Obviously, they're as talented as any team in the country. What, what does Kai Stokes add to that? Well, I talk to Coach Barnes a lot. Actually, I talk to Coach Day, too. But he, he just really breaks down my film. He texts me every, he texts me every other week, tells me, you know, what I could have did better yes, in my film, what I could have did, what, kind of, what I could work on. So that's really what he's telling me. He's saying, you know, basically that I'm still that versatile everywhere player, trying to get my hips right, feet right, eyes better, obviously. So coach, really Coach Barnes. Gotcha. Um, did you see uh, Coach McGriff out here from Florida? I did. Did you expect him yes, to sir. come watch you? Yes, sir. He told me he was coming. Okay. What? I mean, obviously you just said you're 1,000% locked in. Um, but, you know, what, what, do you, what do you say to a coach like that who still wants you even though you're committed to another school? I say thank you for the opportunity. You know, I'm not burning any bridges. I say thank you for Otto Tupany. Thank you for the opportunity. You know, 
Nah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for the opportunity. We'll see what happens. As of right now, I'm 1,000% locked in. I know you're going to visit Ohio State next weekend. Any plans to see any other games for any other schools? I mean, is, is Florida going to get you on campus? No. Anything like that? Not gonna, I'm not taking a visit to Florida. I'm not sure if I'm going to go see any other games. You know, I'm still a high school student. I still want to go watch college football. It's still in-game or in-state games. So if I were to go watch a game, it wouldn't be anything of, like, some sneaky nature. It would just me be it was just be me going to enjoy a college football game. But nothing planned right now besides next week? Yes, sir. Okay. Who else is trying, like Florida, to at least still, at least get you on campus? USF still. So that's, that's really the main. So I get a text from Alabama here and there, but it's not that uh, as much as Florida and USF. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, in general, just your thoughts on the Florida program just overall? I feel like it's a great program. Obviously, great SEC program. I know a lot of guys, obviously – Jordan Young played at Gaither, he's there. Dez Watson played at Armway, he's there. So obviously they're going to have some top-notch talent. They're going to be able to develop me. But go Bucks. I, I know, I know. I just have to ask. Hey, give me my autograph. Just have to ask. Um, anything else going forward? Any other plans? Any things you're working on in particular? I'm working on doing more than just my job. You see, tonight, I feel like I feel like I had an average game, below average game. But at the end of the day, I did my job. But I'm really working on making them plays that's the unexpected. And that's really what I'm working on. Ohio State think it's safety all the way? Yes, sir. Yeah? You feel good about that? Safety all the way is how you see yourself? Yes, sir. There you have it, straight from Stokes' mouth. Sounds to me like Ohio State has absolutely nothing to worry about on that front. One final note on Ohio State's continued pursuit of Penn State quarterback commit Drew Aller. The Buckeyes did not have anyone at Medina's 38-27 win over Stowe-Monroe Falls on Friday night, as the staff continued its preparation for the game against Oregon. However, they missed the show. Aller broke the single-game passing record for the most yards in a high school game in Medina County history on Friday night, as he completed 29 of 50 passes for 523 yards and 5 touchdowns. His continued ascent toward the top of the quarterback recruiting rankings is certainly a cause for concern for Ohio State, especially if the Buckeyes aren't able to flip him from Penn State and make him their quarterback for the class of 2022 in place of viewers. He's perhaps the best quarterback to come out of the state since Joe Burrow, and if I'm being honest, continues to show all of the tools that could eventually make him the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Of course, Ohio State didn't initially pursue him because it had viewers in the fold, but now that there's a clear path of separation between the two, with viewers possibly off to the NFL after three years and Aller starting as a redshirt sophomore in 2024, I think he has to seriously consider what the Buckeyes have to offer. Aller hasn't said much since Ewers' decision to reclassify, and rightfully so as he remains committed to Penn State, but expect the Buckeyes to continue to turn up the heat, not only because they need a quarterback in this class, but perhaps more importantly, to keep him away from the Nittany Lions. That said, I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building the Buckeyes. Admittedly, I've always viewed myself as a writer first and foremost, and never felt all that comfortable talking about things like this out loud. I'm growing more comfortable by the minute with this podcast, and I appreciate all the kind words and listeners who are seeing this product get better each week. I hope you'll tune in next Monday as I continue to discuss all things on the Ohio State football recruiting trail. Until next time, I'm your host, Andrew Lind. Have a great night.